We've just had a great time. It's been just so wonderful with my, uh, with our brother, uh, fellowshipping with him. I think we've probably told about 400 missionary stories. <laughs> we just keep swapping stories back and forth. It's absolutely fun and a great time, just a great fellowship with him. We've had wonderful ministry, God moving, setting people free. Open your hearts. Let's give him a nice welcome as he comes. Pastor Jones. found out that these um, enthusiastic young men go to another church. I don't know, Pastor, we might not allow them to go home. (laughs) Might just tie them up. Amen. What a blessing to be here. I I want to personally thank you for having a beautiful uh, place like Niagara Falls. I was able to convince my wife to leave home. Y'all don't even understand. I beg her, come with me. She's like, nope. I'm going to this place, come with me. Nope. I'm going overseas, come on. Nope. She called me about three days before I came. She said, did you say that you can take me to Niagara Falls? It's hard to get her to leave her house. But you guys helped me convince her to leave and come spend a couple days. And she got here and she had such a great time. So I really want to appreciate you and thank you and thank your pastor and his wife. Amen. What a just a wonderful time of fellowship and praise God. I want to apologize for not having my cowboy hat with me. Amen. I, I tell people all the time. I wasn't born in Texas, but as soon as I got there and figured out how wonderful it was, I made a decision I was never leaving until God told me to pack my stuff and move to China. And then I got back to Texas as fast as I could. I am actually a country singer trapped in a rapper's body. I'm telling you, I'm I'm, I'm figuring this out. And so I have a cowboy hat. I'm, I'm, I'm still looking for a pair of cowboy boots that'll work. And so, but amen. And so, amen. Sorry for not having my hat with me. Hallelujah. She left without leaving a number. Said she wanted to live her Figured she'd gone back to living in sin Talked about it all the time Well, it was almost a year Before she called a pastor up Three rings and an answering machine Was what she got And if you're cold and bound the car I sold it this is Tuesday night, I'm preaching. You've got something to sell, you're wasting your time. I'm not buying. If it's anybody else, wait for the tone, you know what to do. But P.S., you're backsliding. God still loves you. She heard, but she couldn't believe What kind of God would hang on that long? What kind of love that must be? She waited three days, then she tried again She didn't know what she'd sing But she heard three rings and then it's Friday night, we're out street preaching. First thing Saturday, if it don't rain, is I'll reach at the lake and we'll be gone all weekend long. But I'll call you back when I get home. 
again thank you so much for being here tonight hallelujah whatever you just did undo it it was hallelujah hello texting there you go praise god we we working we we he's trying to get me up to technical speed i'm i'm a little slow when it comes to tech techie things i'm realizing he is a genius and so it's going to take a minute for me to even get halfway to where he is. You have your Bibles tonight, Ephesians chapter 6. Very familiar portion of scripture tonight, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. A sermon I've entitled Above All, Above All tonight. I'm just the direction that I'm feeling led by the Holy Ghost to go. You know, I'm, when I'm in a revival, I'm often really wanting to just hear from God. I don't want to just preach a sermon. I've, I have lots and lots of sermons, but I don't want to just preach a sermon. I really sincerely want God to speak to his people. I want Jesus to speak to his church what he would say if he was here, can somebody say amen tonight? And so amen. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. And all of a sudden, these gadgets are going crazy on me. The Bible says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood and 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 that portion of scripture is very important for the hour we are living in and for all that's happening today for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities against rulers against powers against uh, uh, powers against the rulers of darkness of this age and against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places therefore take up the whole armor of god that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand stand therefore having girded your waist with truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all somebody say above all above all Taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Let's pray tonight. Father, 
We come by the name of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb. Lord, we're thanking you, God, so grateful. You would allow us, God, to gather in your house again. Father, speak to your church and to your people tonight, God. Help us, God. Arm us, God, against the wiles of the devil, especially in this hour of darkness. Father, I trust completely in the work of the Holy Ghost tonight and all that you're going to do. Lord, help me to line up with what you already want to do in this service. In Jesus' name and all God's people said with a shout, Amen. Amen. When I was in China, I did a series on the armor of God. And as we were going through this series, there were a number of things that I was studying and trying to help the precious folks in our church to understand this portion of scripture there were a couple things about this armor that kind of jumped out at me kind of were enlightened and 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 I want to look at a few of them tonight in the hopes that God may help us and speak to us the first thing that I want you to consider is Paul says it is critical that you and I be fully clothed or that we put on the whole or the entire armor of God. Now, if you live for Jesus for any length of time, there are going to be days when you are missing parts of your armor. There is nobody that is able to say, Pastor, 24-7, 365, I am always completely and totally and fully, I've got my armor. No, that's it. Listen, every once in a while, you're going to go through something and you're going to find out that there's got to be a piece of your armor. That's me. There's going to be times when you have mind battles and you're going through things and you're trying to wonder, God, why is my mind seem to be all over the place? Because you can't find your helmet, your mind, you Somebody in this church is going to make you mad. And you're going to take your breastplate off and throw it down and at least for a few days until you get convicted and get your heart right. You're going to be without your breastplate because your heart's going to be all... Okay. Maybe that's only in Texas churches. <laughs> but there will be times when there are parts of your armor. Now listen, the problem is not parts of your armor missing because that's just normal everybody goes through the problem comes when as a child of God you know that there are parts of your armor missing and you don't do anything about it the problem comes when you know listen I have been missing a part of my armor there's things going on my my mind my heart my my feet and on and you know something is wrong and you don't do anything about it because that's when you get yourself in trouble because listen something about the devil that you might not know whatever part of the armor you are missing for an extended period of time i guarantee that's the area where the enemy is going to attack because that's just who he is another thought that i found fascinating is i always thought that the purpose of the armor is for us to fight The armor is not for you to go fight nobody. In the text, Paul said it over and over and over again what the armor is for. Put on the armor that you may be able to stand. And when you're done standing, you need to stand. And after you get tired of standing some more, now you need to withstand. And after you... Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. The best example of this is the story of David and Goliath. David on the battlefield. Whenever I would read the story of David and Goliath, I always thought that we were David. Anybody out there? I mean, you can even preachify that. You can just, I mean, you can preachify that real good. Not only did, did I think that I was David, you know, you, we talk, you know, you got to, you know, you got to go down to the battlefield and you have your five smooth stones and you get your stone of prayer and you get your stone of fasting and yeah, yeah, right. In the story, we are not David. 
Because God doesn't intend for us to fight nobody. He does the fighting. We get the reward. Why did David go to the battlefield? David went to the battlefield because his father was worried about his children and he sent something in the hands of David down to the battlefield to his children. David got there, saw a giant trying to kill his father's children. He whooped the giant, defeated the giant, defeated the enemy, and the father's children got to go get all the spoils. That's not us. That's Jesus. So who are we? We're the soldiers. Hiding. Oh, Lord Jesus. Have you seen the size of him? Oh! Get him, Jesus. And then when Jesus goes out there and knocks out the giant, we get to go out there and take all... Oh, come on, somebody. The armor is for you to stand strong, stand in faith, stand in courage, and trust and believe God and allow God to be God. Something else that I not only found interesting, but at the moment when I first came across it, it was a little disturbing, was the fact that there is no armor for your back. The reason I found that disturbing is I already got a bad back. You know what I'm saying? I, I was in the United States Army and I used to jump out of all kinds. You know, when you're 20 years old, you want to jump out of and off of everything. Especially when it's legal and somebody paying you to do it. They say, hey, climb up on that thing and jump off. Okay? Yeah! When you get to about near 50, you realize those weren't always the best idea. I'm like, Lord, there's... There's a couple mornings I go to bed fine and I wake up and I'm like, oh, be looking at my wife. What'd you do to me? Did you kick me in the middle? I said, Lord, why is there no armor for my back? Because why would you need armor for your back? If you're putting armor on your back, that means you're turning your back on the enemy. Why would you turn your back on a defeated enemy? Come on, somebody. Let me, let me give you an even better example. I could tell you, who y'all don't know how many stories I wanted to tell y'all, but I couldn't tell you because, you know, she was sitting right there. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, hey, come on now. My wife and I, we read these books together. They, they, they call them suspense thrillers now you can't read everybody because there's some folks out there that are just nasty but there's a couple authors that that are just good and clean and and so we like to read these books together because it just gives us something to talk about especially we go on trips but my wife has this um let's just call it unique she's still it's weird but we just call it unique she has this unique practice she reads the last chapter of the book first I'm like, why would you even read the book? You done messed the whole thing up. And so one day, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting from the beginning like you're supposed to. And she's like, I'm in the last chapter. I said, baby, hold on, her. Why would you read the last chapter first? She said, listen, unlike you, when we get to the middle of the book, I know it's going to get really scary. And I don't like those parts. She says, I read the last chapter first because I want to make sure that we win. So that when I get to the scary parts, I'm not scared because I already know what's going to happen. So it doesn't bother me. Now, for sermon purposes, that was powerful. For practical purposes, that was weird. <laughs> you don't you don't ruin the whole book. But I thought to mine, that is such a powerful thought. She said, "Listen." If I already know that in the end of the story I win, it doesn't matter what happens in the middle of the story. You know why you don't need armor for your back? Because we've already read the back of the book. 
We've already read the last chapter and we already know that in the end we win. There is no need for you to turn and run from an enemy that doesn't. It does not matter what the devil does. We win. Hallelujah. I know what I'm wondering. What's going on here? I ain't opened this water. This morning I came to prayer. And we're here. There are two bottles of water up here. And I'm like, glory to God. I'm, I'm so thirsty. I'm going to drink both. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, I was drinking the water. I heard, amen. I'm like, what? And that's supposed to work that good. In the text, it talks about the different parts of the armor. Let me just quickly go through it so we can get back on track. The first thing it talked about was the helmet. Now we know the helmet protects your mind. Listen. The hour that we are living in, if you do not protect your mind, if you allow all kinds of things to enter your mind, you are going to struggle with standing and serving God. There's some insane madness out there today, and I'm not even talking about in the world, I'm talking about in the church. I'm not talking about stuff that sinners are doing. We expect sinners to act like sinners. The breastplate protects your vital organs or more appropriately, it protects your heart. Listen, you cannot have a bad heart and live a good life. That is not only true physically, that is very, very true spiritually. If your heart is bad, it's going to affect the every area of your life. Are you with me tonight? The shoes, it talks about your feet, it talks about your foundation standing firm in Bible times and Romans times where Paul is getting this imagery. What the Romans would do is they would literally put nails or spikes on the bottom of their shoes so that when they were standing on the battlefield or standing in formation, they wouldn't be slipping and sliding, they'd be, you know, blood and and mud and all kinds of things on the battlefield and those nails help them to keep firm footing because a soldier on the battlefield who's always slipping and sliding is going to fall the same is true of a christian listen if you're always slipping and sliding everywhere eventually you're going to fall and when you fall trust me the enemy's going to jump on you talks about the belt of truth truth is what holds everything together it is the truth of who jesus is the truth of what jesus has done and the truth of what jesus has promised that holds everything together and we talked about that sunday morning thank god the tomb is empty and i know i'm not going in in chronological order the order of the scripture but I'm, i'm trying to go somewhere so just just follow with me and then we get to the sword hold on a minute i'm gonna drink a little water right here i i, I built all that up to get to the sword so i could drink some water Mm-hmm. I had to build it up because I'm coming down there and I might not be back up here for a minute. Let me ask you a question. Do you realize how valuable this book is? In the, in the armor, it's the only physical or the only weapon that we have. Thank God. You know, the reason why, in my opinion, is God said, listen, I want you to stand. But if the devil does act up, I do want to give you the ability to to chop him one good time and let him know that don't come around here. Oh, come on. You know, the armor is for you and I to stand. But if the devil comes in, you're, you, know, you want to let him know you ain't going to just stand and take it. But the Bible says the sword is the word of God, meaning... If you are a Christian that does not read your Bible, you are like a soldier on the battlefield with no weapon. Let me give you an example. Y'all know I like examples. Let's, 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 let's. Imagine for a minute. I mean, let me give you an example of what I'm, I'm trying to say. Imagine for just a moment. This is no longer a very beautiful pulpit. For just a couple minutes, this is the closet of a roman soldier can y'all see that that that's a closet of romans come on now if you if no you're like no pastor it's still a pulpit just give me just help me out imagination station come on y'all know that 
And so one night, one afternoon, a Roman soldier sitting in the house with his family, and somebody comes running over, a little boy, and knocks on the door. Yes, who is it? Because Roman soldiers would sound like Elvis. Oh. And he said, <laughs> he said uh, Mr. Roman, the Philistines are acting up. The general said to grab your armor and get down to the battlefield. All right, no problem. I'll be there in a minute. Oh. He goes and he goes to the closet and he's putting on the armor and he puts on the helmet. Got a little thing like a rooster right here. And he puts on the breastplate. Okay, you gotta, I don't know why to hit it, but you gotta hit it. He put on the, and he puts on his shoes and he makes sure he has the spikes and he gets the belt. Yes, my belt. And he, and he straps it all on and oh, my shield. And he, and he picks up the shield and he, you know what I'm saying? And he's looking around and he's like, what the devil? Come on now. Lord, what, what this woman done done again? Honey! Yeah. Where's my sword? Oh, I sent it to get sharpened. It'll be back next week. Just take a butter knife, baby. It'll be okay. And he's like this. I'm in a hurry. I got to. And he goes in the kitchen. And he grabs a butter knife. And he runs to the battlefield. (laughs) I told y'all I got a bad back. I, I know you weren't expecting me to sprint. And he's there on the battlefield, standing there. On this side of him is a soldier with a battle axe. Do you know what a battle axe is? A battle axe is one of the baddest, scariest weapons. A battle axe is what they used to use to cut people's head off. It's like a double axe, sword, spear, monster weapon. You you got to be big like the Hulk to carry a battle axe. The battle axe was tall and had a blade on this side that was monstrously and a blade on the other side and in the middle of it was a spear and you just got to be a bad you, if you carry a battle axe you don't even have to talk you just grunt that's it how you doing today okay all right on the other side of him is a man with a mace. You know what a mace is? A mace is half nunchuck, half bowling ball, half ninja star. Somebody took some Bruce Lee nunchucks, cut them in half, took a bowling ball and stuck it on the half that they cut, took a bunch of ninja stars and stuck it in the bowling ball. You got to be a scary dude to carry a mace. If you carried a mace again, like oh boy, you don't have to talk. All you do is swing it. And people leave you alone. You ain't got to fight nobody. Just swing that thing. And there you are in the middle. With your butter knife. If you're the enemy, who would you fight? Just think about it. Think about it. You get to the battlefield and you look and you like, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't really want to be here. You know what I'm saying? But I got to fight somebody to make it look like. You know what I'm saying? I'm definitely not fighting. You know, the Incredible Hulk with a a double act. No. And I'm not fighting Kung Fu Charlie with his mace. But that fool in the middle that came out here to make me a sandwich. (laughs) When the devil walks through the church, do you look like a perfect candidate? Because you have no sword. Because you don't read your Bible. Does the enemy look at you as an easy target because he knows you can't fight back? And then the Bible says, church, a part that doesn't talk about the armor, and I'm sorry, I skipped over it, where Paul says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Listen, people are not the problem. 
human beings. Don't get me wrong. There are people who are full of the devil and act more like the devil than the devil. But if you waste your time fighting people, you're wasting your time. Because people are not the problem. That is why as critical as it is for you to vote, it's more critical for you to pray. Because the battle is not only going to be won by your physical, the battle is going to be decided by what you do in that room. One man said it this way. He said, if you fight people, then you're fighting the symptom rather than the source. Because we know who's actually trying to destroy our country and destroy our world and take every soul he can to hell. And then we get to the, to the shield. I left the shield for last. And the reason I left it for last is because when I read the scripture about the shield, verse 16, and I got to that scripture where it says, and above all, take up the shield. I said, Lord, why would you put above all right there? Are you trying to say that the shield is the most important part of the armor? He said, that's what above all means. Above all, most important most critical above everything and I, I begin to pray I say Lord help me understand why would the shield be so important and it's almost like God says because as long you can be missing other parts of your armor but if you lose your faith the rest of the armor is useless because no Christian can stand without faith Without faith, why would you ever read the Bible? Without faith, why would you care what's going on in your heart? And without faith, your mind is completely exposed to the enemy. Not only that, listen, faith gives you the ability. Your shield gives you the ability to hold on until you recover whatever other part of the armor you might have lost. As long as you are holding on to your trust and your hope in Christ. Maybe you don't have your helmet. Maybe you're missing your breastplate. Maybe you don't have your sword. But if you've got a little bit of faith. Oh, church. How many times, how many people here you say, Pastor, there has been times in my walk with God. All I had was a little bit of faith. That's all I had. I had less than a mustard seed. I just had the seed. I didn't even have the mustard part, just the seed. Half the time, I, wasn't, I didn't know what kind of seed it was. I was just hoping. Your fa- Listen, holding on to your faith can get you through anything. Years ago, let me, let me close. I got I to gotta close. Years ago, I went to Africa. Now, now listen to me. First time I'd ever gone overseas, I went to Zambia, Africa. Most of Africa, there's a lot of parts of Africa that's not really Africa. I've been to parts of Africa. I just got back from Cape Town. I was in Cape Town last month preaching for my good friend, Pastor Hector Ortiz. Cape Town is not Africa. Cape Town is like one of the most beautiful places. Cape Town is like America with more black people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cape Town is gorgeous. I'm not talking about tourist Africa. I went to Africa, Africa, where you have to say it twice. Every time you say it, you say it twice. I went to Africa, Africa. One morning, we were on our way to prayer. We got to the parking lot. And before we could go in the building to pray, we had to shoo the wild elephants out of the parking lot. (laughs) Have you ever had to do that? Now, now, we're not talking about zoo elephants that have names. Ah, Dumbo, stop it. No, no. These were wild elephant, uh, African elephants that because there were mango trees in the parking lot of the church came out of the woods, out of the wood. I don't even know what they called it, the jungle. To eat the mango trees. We got to prayer. We were like, the devil is alive. I'm not getting out of this truck. The pastor who was there, he knew that he, this wasn't his first rodeo. He calls him, hey, 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 you guys, come here. They came running. Yes, sir. He said, hey, give you a couple of dollars. Get rid of the elephants. 
No problem. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Another day we went to prayer and there was a cobra in the parking lot. Not one of those no, 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 no. A real sit up in the air and so I'm there in Africa, Africa, Africa having a good time with preaching, God's helping us and folks are getting saved and middle of the week Pastor Barry, my good friend, he was my good friend, but he's still my good friend. I'm still mad at him about this situation. I'll forgive him when we get to heaven. He said, hey man, let's go white water rafting down the Zambezi River. I said, no. Absolutely not. Before I left home, I told you, my first time going overseas, my wife looked me dead in the eyes and said, don't you go over there and die. I know you. Don't do nothing crazy. I'm like, baby, I wouldn't. Me, I would never do anything crazy. And so uh, he's talking to me and he's trying to convince me. I could hear in the back of my mind, my wife going, don't you do it. Don't you. And so I said, no, man, I, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't do that. He said, come on, man. It'll be fun. You know how many people are in heaven right now going, Lord, I thought it would be fun. I said, no, not doing it. He said, come on, man, don't be a chicken. You don't call a brother a chicken. I eat chicken every day just to let chicken know that I got dominion. And so pride got me in trouble. Pride rose up. I said, okay, man, you know what? I'm not scared. I'll do it. Now, listen, Jared, I, I told you I was in Africa, Africa. Pay a hundred U.S. dollars to do this foolishness. We get to the river. It is a 45-minute walk down a mountain to get down to the river where you got to do this. Did I tell you I was in Africa, Africa? There's no stairs. There's no trail. Somebody took some sticks that they cut off some trees and stuck it in the side of the mountain. That's how you come down. You got to walk and hold on to tree limbs stuck in the side of a mountain. I should have turned back right there. This is foolish. We make it down to the bottom. We're sitting in our little room and this African guy is doing a briefing and he's telling us, listen, he issues everybody NFL football helmets. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going on water in a boat. Why, why, why do I need an NFL? I'm talking about full with the full straps and everything. He said, my brother, stop asking so many questions. Just put it on. Put it on. I'm asking questions because I don't want to die. My wife told me I'm not allowed to die. We get in the boat. And he stands up in the first few rapids we stand up. I remember the first rapid, I think they called it the devil's pinky finger. And we were like, oh man, this is fun. And we, it was, and the water was white and it was foaming and, and we did it. It was like, wee, oh man, that was cool. And we did two or three of them on the fifth rapid. Number five, you, you, you can look it up. You can, number five, he stands up. The guide is, is about 12 of us in the boat and an African guide. He stands up and he got real serious. My brothers, I need you to listen to me here. Look, look, listen, look at me. Look at me, my friend, my friend. The next rapid we are going to see. We call it the devil's mother-in-law. <laughs> this is a big rapid. We want you to be safe. Do you My brother, look at me. What is wrong with you? America, look at me. Look at me. He said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to paddle really fast. And we get to the rapid. Everybody throw your paddle down. And there's a rope that goes around inside the boat. He said, when we throw our paddles down, everybody... Grab the rope. I'm thinking, come on, man, you being a little dramatic. You know what I'm saying? 
How bad can it be? We, we come around the corner. Church, there is a mountain in the middle of the river. The water is foaming and bubbling. There are waves and tidal waves and all. It looks so scary. I'm thinking, why would you put anybody through that? What's wrong with you? My friend, para. Okay, okay, grab the rope, grab the rope. We grab the rope. The raft hit the rabbit. The front of the raft went like this. The back of the raft went like this. Everybody met in the middle. Now I know what a taco feels like perfectly. The lady sitting next to me slammed into my head. I saw Donald Duck and Daffy Duck and Tweety Bird. I saw Donald Trump. I saw them all. And then the boat stood straight up in the air and flipped completely over and flung people everywhere. Now, we didn't know that this was normal. We're all panicking. Because listen, there's things in that river. Crocodiles and hungry, hungry hippos, not the the toy kind. And so, but they know this area, the rapids are so rough, nothing's there. But we don't know that. We're thinking, ah, any moment now, something's going to grab my leg. Ah. The way the guides would flip the raft over, if the raft flips over, they would swim to the raft, climb on top of it, and there was a rope on the underside. They would grab that rope, and they would fall in the water. And when they fall in the water, it flipped the boat back over. They did this all day. They did this every day. I'd never done this. I didn't know any of this until, you know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking, any minute now, I'm going to die. And before I get to go to heaven, I'm going to have to talk to my wife. So he climbs onto the boat and he grabs a rope and he goes to flip. What is the problem here? What is wrong with this thing? And he grabs it and he looks under the boat and he says, My brother, you can let go of the rope. No, not letting go of the rope. Sorry about your luck. No, 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 my brother. I will flip the boat over. You can let go of the rope. I'm not letting go of this rope. I shouldn't have been out here in the first place. My wife told me, don't die, don't die. But I came out here with Barry because Barry is crazy. And I'm under the boat. I'm drinking gallons of Zambezi water. But I'm not letting go of that rope. He said, let go of the rope. I said, I'm not letting go of the rope. You said, hold on to the rope. I'm holding on to the rope. Finally, I don't even remember how. I don't know if he got help, but finally they flipped the thing over. I fly through the air, but I was still holding on to the rope. I land in the boat and bounce, but I was still, I was the only one in the boat. Everybody else is all over the river. They're having to go out and swim and and rescue, and I'm sitting in the boat. And I got a great revelation. Aren't you glad that as a child of God, most of our trials are no bigger than the devil's pinky finger. But every once in a while, you come around a spiritual corner and the devil's mother-in-law is waiting for you. And it can flip your life totally upside down. And the tendency in that moment is to let go of the rope. And if you let go of the rope, you're going to be cast off. You're going to be out in the midst of chaos. And there are things that are hoping that you let go of the rope because they want to devour you. Let me tell you something I know about our God. If you will hold on to your faith, He will always flip the boat over. Oh, come on, somebody. Our God would always make things right again. The problem is, as I said the other night, sometimes when he makes things right, 
Because you've let go of the rope. You're going down the river. Listen, I, I have a lot of sermons. A lot of sermon. I wanted to preach a sermon tonight about when a demon goes out of a man. I wanted to preach an end time sermon. To, but I keep feeling God just stirring my heart to preach on faith. I'm like, Lord, I already preached on faith. Do it again. Come on. I'm telling my brother on this. I say, man, I'm, God, I want to I, I preach on the heart. Let me preach on, you know. No, this what I, listen, listen, I don't know who you are. But there's a God in heaven who's trying to tell you, hold on. Don't you dare let go. Because if you hold on, when God makes things right again, you will be right where you belong. So that you can finish the rest of the journey in the joy and the blessing of God that you're supposed to finish it in. Are you with me tonight? Bow your heads with me for just a moment. Hallelujah, Lord, we thank you. Love you, God. Quickly tonight, we need to close our service. You're not saved. You're not right with God. Listen, the hour we are living in is an hour of unbelievable danger. I'm, I'm, we're surrounded by such danger and in any moment now you can stand before the living God the Bible says every sin you've ever committed God has recorded every thought of sin every word you've ever spoken is written down against you and I Jesus, the Son of God, the Creator of the universe, who loves you, did not want you to perish but have everlasting life, the Bible says. So he left heaven. He came to earth to pay a price that you and I could never afford to pay. And he died on a cross. The cross is still today one of the worst methods of execution and torture there ever has been. That's what they used to slay, to kill the Lord. He suffered all of that because he doesn't want you to suffer. He died so you can live. He lost his life so you can gain eternal life. And before we close tonight, Pastor Keith and I would count it such an honor and a privilege and a joy if you would let us pray with you, pray for you, believe God with you tonight. Say, Pastor, I am not right. If I was to stand before God tonight, he would say, depart from me into everlasting darkness, prepared for the devil and his angels. But I love to pray for you tonight. I love to pray with you. You say, Pastor, I want to be forgiven. I'm not right. I want to be right. I want to be forgiven. Quickly tonight, before we do anything else, would you lift your hand? Would you lift your hand, Pastor? Please pray for me. Maybe tonight you're here, you're backslidden away from the Lord. At one time you were serving God. At one time you were living for Christ. But as you sit here tonight, you'll be honest. Pastor, I've gone back to things that I know was not right. I've gone back to things that I know I shouldn't have gone back to pastor please I, I want to pray would you pray with me would you pray for me lift it up tonight lift it up lift it up lift it up we'll pray together pray for you pray with you amen amen would you stand with me tonight would you stand with me tonight oh God help us come and find a place to pray this evening come and find a place to pray tonight we're going to Let's just believe God together tonight. Pray for you tonight.
Hallelujah.